Thanks to Ann Dooley for reading our gospel passage today. Welcome to 2021, my friends, and may this be a new year of God's richest blessings for you. I'm Virginia Reynolds, one of the pastors here at Christ Church, and it's my joy to reflect on God's word with you today. As we begin this new year, we also begin a new worship series entitled Resolutions. After 2020, we need to be people resolved to renew our hope, review our call, and re-engage in the work of Christ in this world. So today, we begin by being God's people resolved to reroute our expectations and our attitudes as we launch into this new year. Before we look more closely at the lesson this morning, let us stop and pray together. For the gifts of your word, O God, we give you thanks. Open our ears that we may hear you speak a new word to us this day. Open our hearts that we might receive your blessing from it. And open our minds that we will choose to follow you each and every day. For all this we pray in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Since the earliest days of maritime adventures, lighted beacons have safely guided ships around dangerous land masses into safe harbors. In the beginning, they were often just bonfires on a hill alerting sailors of impending danger near the shoals. Over time, the signals became tall, intriguing towers powered by burning coal or whale oil lamps backed by mirrors. Jutting out into the night sky, lighthouses with a beacon of light guided sailors safely home. But mere lamp power was no match for the dark and stormy nights until the early 1820s when a French physicist named Augustin Fresnel invented a new kind of lens. A ring of crystalline prisms arranged in a faceted dome that could reflect refracted light. Today, the Fresnel lens is used in modern lighthouses to propel life-saving, trajectory-defining, guiding lights more than 20 miles into the night. In 1757, after nearly avoiding his own shipwreck, Benjamin Franklin wrote to his wife, quote, Were I a Roman Catholic on this occasion, perhaps I should vow to build a chapel to some saint. But as I am not a Catholic, if I were to vow at all, it should be to build a lighthouse that others might be saved. Benjamin Franklin saw the value of a lighthouse as a guiding light to the people. And today, while lighthouses are many times a tourist attraction, the truth remains the same. When we are seeking something, when we are lost or in danger, light steers us from peril and shows us the way home. Since this is Epiphany Sunday, it only seems right that we begin by looking at the light. Light, critical for life itself, was the very first thing God created and then separated the light from the darkness. Then on the fourth day of creation, God created two great lights and the stars the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. Since the first days of creation, God knew of humanity's need for light to guide our days and our nights. God provided these beacons to be lighthouses for our lives. And then at Christmas, Emmanuel, God himself came to be the light of the world that we might follow his life and his light as a beacon towards knowing and walking with God ourselves. In our gospel passage today, the Apostle Matthew identifies a group of traveling seekers. In Greek, they're called magi because they were members of a class of scholars. Historians classify magi as learned experts as they were likely to be teachers, priests, physicians, astrologers, seers, 
or even interpreters of dreams. They were well-studied men, wise who looked for truth in the natural and the supernatural world. While in some places in history and in scripture, they're considered akin to tricksters or deceivers, in Matthew's gospel, they are credited as not only being sage students of sciences like astrology, but also wise about theology, recognizing telling signs or indications of God's prevailing action in the world. According to Matthew's account, these wise and knowledgeable men have identified something extraordinary, a new star or a constellation. It appears far west of where they are, and it is astounding enough that they elect to not only move to get a better vantage point, they choose to travel long distances to see where it will lead them. Following a star may be a difficult concept for those of us who have seen satellite imagery of the Earth. We understand that the Earth is round, and therefore, if you cannot move at the same speed as the Earth's rotation, then you'll eventually lose sight of the star. However, these magis did not lose sight. They moved towards it each day as one's moving towards a fixed beacon, a lighthouse. Historians have also noted that the faith of the people of Israel, their history, their prophecies, they were not secret. Scholars from many different places, like the Magi, had encountered God's people and they would have heard how the people of Israel were awaiting the Messiah. So intrigued by the appearance of a new star and informed about the Jewish expectations for a new king, the Magi set off on a journey, focused on the light. Though scripture does not fully describe the pathway that the Magi took, most scholars suggest that they came from Persia or Babylonia. That's in modern day Iran. Much like Abram, millennia before them, they traveled westward towards the promised land to go where God was leading them. When they arrived in Jerusalem, they inquired as to where the king of the Jews was being born. Now, from a casual reading of this text, this may seem to be a simple question about destination, but they had a guiding star to lead them to the precise location. So maybe this is much more a deeper question of inquiry about their understanding of the prophecy and of the people's response to God's gift. The prophecy came from Micah. He foretold of a new shepherd king coming from a small town of Bethlehem, which sits about six miles southwest of Jerusalem. This small town had served as a rerouting point for various characters in the narrative story of the Jewish people. It was in Bethlehem that Jacob chose to put down a stake by placing his beloved Rachel there to rest. It was in Bethlehem where a foreign Moabite widow named Ruth was welcomed into the community and there that she married Boaz, foreshadowing the people's need for a kinsman redeemer. It was also in Bethlehem where David's life as a simple shepherd boy was rerouted and he was anointed king by Samuel to be the king of God's people. Now, the Magi, their inquiry and their retelling of Micah's prophecy and their guidance to the town of Bethlehem has the people and the leaders in Jerusalem frightened and asking questions. In the midst of all the inquiries and the instructions, the Magi chose to focus on the star, on the light. They leave Jerusalem following the beacon of light towards the source of their hope. They moved with clarity of vision, filled with joy, and when they arrived, they humbled themselves. 
They worshiped the Christ child and they offered their very best gifts. It makes me wonder how the people of Jerusalem missed the star. Did anyone else in Bethlehem notice a stationary star and go in search of the one about whom prophecies were told? Well, it reminds me of our recent opportunity to see what some people have called the Bethlehem star. On December 21st, the longest night of a very difficult and challenging year of 2020, I was over serving at the table on our Glenwood campus. I was surrounded by more than 100 people who were hungry for food, in need of warm coats and looking for signs of hope. Between all the scurrying and the busyness of the task, I almost missed the wonder of two planets aligning to give off a radiant light. Jupiter and Saturn, though millions of miles apart, aligned from our earthly perspective to shine in symphony together as one bright light. There in the early night sky was God's heavenly light, once again separating darkness from light. And I almost missed it. Until one of our regular attendees, an older widow lady who lives in her car, called out and she drew me close. With tears in her eyes, she pointed up and said, Pastor, do you see it? The Bethlehem star is telling us that God is here. God is in control and God is still bringing us hope. Even in this year with so many challenges, God is with us. All of a sudden, I began to understand how the people of Jerusalem and Bethlehem could have missed it. They weren't focused. They weren't looking for God to be at work around them. They were not living as people of faith, expecting God's truth to prevail or God's presence to be evident. How about us? As 2021 begins, are we focused? Are we looking for God's guiding light before us? Maybe from the Magi's journey and encounter with the Christ child, we can reroute our trajectory and develop some resolutions which will help to guide our journey into this new year. First of all, let us resolve to love God. You see, to travel from Iran to Israel, walking or even on camelback was not a short or easy journey for the Magi. There must have been hundreds of turns and trails leading in every direction. But the Magi stayed focused on where the star was leading them. It took time and preparation. It took determination and it took intentionality. So that is where we can begin. Let us this year be intentional about our time with God, living in the light daily so that we will know which route to take. Consider setting up a daily appointment time with God to give your spirit and your mind clarity, to be in the light so that you can stay focused on your route. A daily devotion or maybe lighting a candle or turning on a special lamp will remind you that you are not alone in this world, that the light of Christ is here for you. Setting aside time to be quiet with God's Spirit is also an act of love. We give time and priority and energy to the things and the people that we love. Jesus, when asked what the greatest commandment was, reminded us that to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. So let's reroute our busy schedules, our priorities this year to love God and one another by including time for God's light to permeate our lives daily. Second, let's resolve to grow in God's light. Before they departed, the Magi were well-versed in the astrological maps, the prophecies of the neighboring nations. They intentionally gathered appropriate provisions for their trip and even gathered gifts befitting a king. They were knowledgeable, 
both about the trajectory and their goals for their journey. This was all possible because they were well informed. They had studied and were prepared for seeing the signs, for following their route, and for worshiping a king. Similarly, if we want to be intentional disciples for Christ, we must gather our provisions for the journey by studying God's word and by deepening our understanding of the principles of our faith. In the book of Joshua, God instructs, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. John Wesley valued this discipline and strongly encouraged being part of a small group for study because when you're part of a group, you can hold one another accountable as you grow and you can encourage one another in faith. If you are already faithfully doing this, consider stretching yourself this year by setting a goal to read through the Bible, lead a small group, or offer to nurture the faith of a new believer. While life may throw us lots of distractions or obstacles, Growing in our faith will help us to reroute around those distractions so that we can faithfully follow the light. Third, let us resolve to serve. It's important to know that the Magi did not merely acknowledge a new star or study the star. They went towards the star and they gave of their gifts, their time and their witness. The Magi were willing to take a long journey, risk a meeting with a Grinch-like king, and sacrificing their time and energy to get to know God as Messiah in a more personal, deep way. Upon their arrival at the house where the light had led them, they humbled themselves by kneeling, and they offered their fine and excellent gifts to the Christ child. In the same way, we can reroute our routines to encounter those in our world who need the hope of Christ. We can face our fears and realign our reactions with deep humility to see and to care for the people that God has called us to serve. And we can give from the bounty we have been given, being transformative in our lives and the lives of others by sharing our gifts. Together, let us resolve to share the light of Christ so that others may see the hope and the peace of God in this new year. Finally, let us resolve to be light. Having encountered the Christ child, the Magi, like the shepherds, were transformed. Attentive to God's leading, they returned home, but went a different way. Instead of trudging through the darkness of Herod's plot, the Magi moved to a new future of hope and peace by taking another route. We can make the same choice. Having heard God's word today, we can resolve to live 2021 as beacons of God's light. Though struggles and challenges reminiscent of 2020 may linger, we can be messengers of God's abiding hope for healing and wholeness. And we can be bearers of the light of peace. Matthew reminds us that you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where it can give light to everyone. To those who are seeking a way out of darkness, you can be a lighthouse, reflecting the light of Christ in this world. There's a well-known urban myth about the captain of a U.S. Navy warship who looked into the dark night and saw a faint light off in the distance. Believing that they were on a collision course, he immediately dispatched a message demanding that the ship change its course 10 degrees south. 
Promptly, a return message retorted, alter your course 10 degrees north. The captain was angered. His command had been ignored. So he sent a second message, alter your course 10 degrees south. I am the captain. Again, a reply message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am Seaman 3rd Class Jones. Well, immediately the captain sent a third message, knowing the fear it would evoke. Alter your course 10 degrees south, it stated. I am the aircraft carrier USS Lincoln, the second largest ship in the United States Atlantic Fleet. We are accompanied by three destroyers, three cruisers, and numerous support vessels. I demand that you change your course immediately or countermeasures will be undertaken to ensure the safety of these ships. To which came a simple reply. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I'm a lighthouse, your call. In the midst of the dark and foggy times, all sorts of voices are shouting orders into the night, telling us what to do, how to reroute our lives. This story makes me wonder if sometimes we can be like that U.S. Navy captain, so sure of what we think we know, so determined that it must be done our way, that we miss the guidance, the protection, and the direction that God is giving us. As we begin a new calendar year, it's customary to make some resolutions. So let us be resolved to reroute from the ways of our past. And instead, let us resolve to love God by seeking to be in God's presence each day. Let us resolve to grow in the likeness of Christ through intentional study and discipline. Let us resolve to serve one another with our time, our talents, and our gifts. Let us resolve to be light for others. As we begin this new year, let us not look back at the darkness and the despair of 2020. Instead, let us reroute our attitudes and our expectations, and then let us follow the light of Christ into 2021. Let us pray together. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for your word today, for the many ways that it teaches us that you not only created light, but you give it to us for our good. Thank you for teaching us that you are the source of life and that we can follow you with love and with hope and with faith. We worship and we praise you, Almighty God, and we thank you for the confidence that we have in your love for us. We pray this in the name and the power of our Messiah, Jesus the Christ. Amen.